Today we use the office of Matins. Please join me in the singing of the versicles on page 109. Let us rise. may be seated for our reading. The word of God for our meditation today as we uh, celebrate today as the eve of Thanksgiving is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 9 beginning with verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. 
For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal sharing with them and all men, and by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. When I was about 10 years old, my friends would often talk about our family, my family, as if we were rich. And they uh, would often think that, that the Molstead family had some money. And I later on in life asked them why they thought that. And they said, well, you had a pontoon boat. And our pontoon boat had holes in the, in the pontoons, and it was about 30 years old. But they thought that we were rich because of that. My dad once uh, was looking back through his old W-2 forms from about that time in my life, and he said at one point he was making only about $600 above the poverty line. But I thought we were rich, too. We were very blessed, had plenty to eat, toys to play with. I had a G.I. Joe and baseball glove and nice bike to ride around on. It's interesting, though, that throughout my life, my standard of living and income and so on has, has actually grown tremendously. And the blessings that I get to enjoy now are much greater. If you had told me when I was 10 some of the things that I now have in my life and get to have and enjoy, I probably would have thought there's no way I'll be able to ever live like that. And... Um, there have been so many improvements in my lifetime, improvements in things like health care or different contraptions or machines that we now use to do things that we used to have to do work for. When I was a kid, we used to have to get out of the car every time we got in to go somewhere or came back to open the garage. One of us had to jump out and open the garage door. Can you imagine having to do that today? What a, what a horrible life, right? And yet we can, we can look at ourselves a lot of times, at our condition and where we are in life, and feel like, well, I don't have enough. I still don't have enough. And wishing that we had more. And the more we live in the wealth of our nation, and the more we enjoy that, uh, and the more we get accustomed to really how blessed we truly are, it's, it's easy for us to take that for granted, at least it certainly is for me. Let me just read you a few statistics. The average personal income in the world is about $9,700 for an adult. That includes the United States income in, in, into that figure. So $9,700. The average U.S. personal income of an adult is between $40,000 and $52,000 a year. Now just think of that difference in the world. A United States citizen that makes $60,000 per year puts them in the top 1% of world wealth. 1%. And we don't think of that as being uh, very much money, do we, a lot of times? 4% of the world population lives in the United States. 40% of the millionaires in the world live in the United States. So because we're around all of this wealth and riches, 
it's easy for us to take it for granted and, and also not appreciate it and be as grateful as we should be to God as well. St. Paul in the text before us is reminding us that God is the ultimate provider of all the blessings and goods and uh, every aspect of our life. And he uses the general operations of nature and the laws of nature to supply us with that, as well as the vocations of various people who uh, work and labor in our lives in order to bring us these many earthly blessings. And he's reminding the Christians here in Corinth who have contributed to a, uh, a gift now to be taken back to help some of the Christians in Jerusalem. He's reminding them of the need for thanksgiving in our lives. Unbelievers, atheists, and raccoons all have reasons to be grateful for God, to God for daily food and bodily needs. God graciously, as Jesus says, makes the rain or the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. He could easily withhold these gifts from those who despise him. He could easily withhold this from those who doubt his existence. But part of his gracious goodness and care is also to, to work through the things here in our world in a way to provide for even those who work against his kingdom. Sometimes the most evil and anti-godly tyrants live in the greatest luxury. But of course those blessings will only help them here in this temporal life. But now, for the believer, on the other hand, for those who've been blessed to come to the knowledge of Christ, God would have you and me look at the earthly blessings we have in whatever station we are in life, whatever level of, of income that we may have or have in the future. God would have us look at all of this through the lens of the cross, through the lens of what his son has come to do for us, and especially keeping in mind the heavenly home that we have waiting for us. Let me use kind of a, a picture to help you imagine this. Around 1900, there were many people coming over to the United States on ships from, from parts of Europe, some of them from rather poor lands and here coming to a land of opportunity. A man, imagine a, a young man who has been sort of adopted by an American family back at that time, and he's now gotten on a ship, and they have him in kind of a just kind of an average cabin that he's going to stay on on that ship. But this family has adopted him and now has a beautiful home and mansion waiting for him to live in. And so he is now on that trip, if you will, coming across the ocean. Let's say that there happens to be another man who is being brought back to the United States, extradited in order to be put on trial and is going to be executed. But he's, he's allowed to stay in a better cabin than that first man. And yet when he comes to, to the final destination here, there's nothing waiting for him but death. Which one of those two do you think will appreciate the cabin that he's staying in? That first man is able to look at the conditions he's living in, but he knows that that there's something far greater and far better waiting for him. And he's able to even enjoy the, the mediocre things that he has in that cabin on the trip because he has seen pictures of the mansion he's going to be living in. You and I maybe don't, aren't, aren't going to always get quite as much as other people in this world. Probably most of us will, will live in just average homes for what we think of here in the United States. 
And it'd be easy for us to always be trying to envision, oh, what it would be like to have more and more and more. But that's irrelevant on this trip that we're on to heaven. God, through the work of his Son, has paid for all of your sins. He's given you the promise of an everlasting life and home in heaven where there will be no tears, no sorrow, no trouble, no sickness, no pain, none of that. It's all going to be gone. And so God would have you and me look at whatever we get in this life, whatever is allotted to you in this life. God would have you look at it through the eyes of the future, through the eyes of, of what happened for you on the cross that made it possible for you to have this wonderful, wonderful home waiting for you. Notice that Paul says at the end of our text that we are to give thanks to him for this indescribable gift. There are a lot of things you have in life that you can describe right now, a lot of blessings you have. But the one that's waiting for you is indescribable. Amen. Please rise for the Te Deum.
Of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.